Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast, where personal growth simply isn't enough. I'm your host, Mark Cordone, a positive psychology coach, a do-gooder from the island of misfit toys who founded the Joy Revolution. Each week, I'll wrap with an extraordinary guest doing extraordinary things through their own revolutionary work to talk about the ups, downs, and all arounds of life. It's my mission to provoke and empower you through increased joy and inspire you to spark your own revolution to change history for the better. Welcome to the most serious happiness podcast in this multiverse. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. I, I remember uh, th- there was just this thing where I just kept tabs uh, uh, where I was walking around through the day and I was like, how are you doing? And um, they'd be like, uh, getting by. You know, that was the cool thing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing? Mm, you know, hanging in there, you know. Um, and I'm, you know, or, or you know, oh, you don't want to know the night I, I just had. What a shit show that was. Versus like someone really like declaring it like, yo, I'm like super good. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And you know, and, and it, it's almost like, oh, there's the sociopath right there. Uh, you know, and it, 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 it's, it was, it is almost unacceptable to be like happy at this, at this point in, in, in this epoch in history. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, but it's so intriguing because it's, it's frowned upon to be happy up front with with the world. But <laughs> we want it inside. <laughs> but we want it inside. And that's that's the crazy thing is that we we live in such a, a space of push and pull. And it really comes down to, again, like everyone's striving for happiness, but they care what everyone else thinks. And so they're going after the checklist versus what really helps them feel happy. They're not asking necessarily the, the questions that they could be asking to help them figure out what true happiness is for them. Instead, they're following the checklist because that's easier, even though it's not true. It doesn't necessarily make you happy. It's easier and it's more societally acceptable. Hmm. So, so do you not care what everyone thinks at this point of view? Oh, I totally care what people think of me, but I have to focus on every day what I think of me first. Mm. Am I living my values? Am I living in integrity? Am I who I want to be today? And I mean, I use my my happiness habits to help me realign every single day. And if I do get negative reviews or someone who's pissy because I'm happy, tough. And <laughs> honestly, as, as a business owner too... I can yeah. write that off as, well, you're not my ideal audience. It, exactly. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, and, but I think we can apply that even if like listeners, if you don't have a, a, an entrepreneurial journey, but you're in, you're in the corporate world or you're even like staying at home, whatever that may be, we care what other people think about us, but we also can take who we are and say, ah, that person that's saying those things, not my ideal audience. Absolutely. And, and, and we can I, I love I, I love that that much of the uh, there's a motif that keeps coming up, and it's the the idea of choice. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We're not we're not at the mercy of things as much as we think, and then the things that are we we think we also have choices on sometimes are illusions. And the illusions, what I mean by illusions is, oh, I have choice on this, I have choice on this, but there's a mindset behind it that is limiting what choices that you can fit. limiting or unlimiting the amount of choices that you think that you have. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's, it's really, 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 um, it, it really is this, this, this nice, uh, choice factor. And, and I always hearken to, uh, um, the work of, of Victor Frankl, who during the darkest, darkest, darkest of days yeah. said, like, you could take away anything, bro. He mm-hmm. didn't say bro. I'm I was totally going to say, I, I think the bro was an addition there, but I like it. No, 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 He, he <laughs> I, 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 I read the original manuscript and uh, <laughs> it, it was edited out. Uh, uh, um, and, and he goes, uh, you know, you can take out, like, like I said, word for word, you can take out anything, you, you can take away any freedom you want from me, dude. Um, <laughs> except my freedom to choose. Yeah. And well, and I think too, like mm-hmm. in the space of the freedom to choose, and if someone is like upset at you for something, I've had family members on, on social media be upset about something I posted. And I'm like, look, I, I can, I can still love you. I can still honor you as a person. I can still respect you as a person. That post wasn't meant for you. You're not my ideal audience, even though you're my sibling. Right. And so mm-hmm. you can, you can choose to still select with grace and love and caring and still choose your own happiness in your own life and what you need to do. And I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It is a choice throughout everything. And I have, I teach a model called CLEAR and it stands for circumstance, language, emotion, action, and results. And essentially high level here, the circumstance, regardless of what it is, someone posts something negative about you on social media, you got a promotion at work, you just got married, you got in a car accident, like it doesn't matter what the situation is, the circumstance is always neutral. It's the language that we support that circumstance with that makes it positive or negative. And then that almost instantaneously, that language supports the emotions that is like, I'm angry about this or whatever it may be, which supports the actions you take, which supports the results that you get. So all of it comes back to, you can choose how you're going to present and the language you're going to use around any situation to shape it to be negative, positive, what have you. And it doesn't have to be, again, all sunshine sunshine and rainbows. We're humans. I'm a happiness mentor. That does not mean I'm happy 100% of the time. I'm I'm a human. And that's what I wanted to make sure of, like, uh, you know, because like, uh, I think a lot of people think that when you do happiness work, that what you're trying to do is impose happiness 24 fucking seven on people. And yes, I, I, um, I'm more along the lines of uh, creating a more human experience for people, um, which is which includes happiness, includes happiness. I absolutely love this clear model. I already see where, um, I already see where you're taking this. Um, so you heard it here first. She's going to say it on a TEDx if you, she hasn't already. And number two, I already see the happiness abound live program since you're a, a, an event planner. Can't wait to go to that after uh, COVID <laughs> has been lifted. Um, but, but, uh, what I also, love about this is that this can be this is this this is absolutely backed by a lot of psychological empirical work on on certain things the universe anything is neutral it's mm-hmm. neutral and then we uh, what what you call is language is um i call it the same thing but it's meaning making mm-hmm. we are the ones who assign the meaning to it and once meaning is assigned to it, then we suddenly have these small judgments that we put on it. That was bad. This was great. When originally, if you step out of your own um, body and not look at it subjectively, objectively, it's neutral. But subjectively, it's great. 
And then all of a sudden, your emotions, your actions are completely changing where someone saw it as a, a totally different thing. You know, and, and one person will see an event as totally joyous, maybe like a post on, on Facebook and another person uh, or, or, or provocative to think about. And another person um, may be uh, may deem it to be upset, uh, upsetting, you know, and, and uh, I really like that. I really like that clear model. Um, uh, uh, what year did you develop that? Because I'm going to say it on future uh, episodes. Proctor <laughs> 2020 or Proctor 2019, 17? Oh, like, <laughs> like 17. Um, okay, Proctor 2017. I'm going to make sure no one steals that. <laughs> always, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, the original document. So she's going to say, uh, I'm going to say, uh, when I first heard the model, it was, she said, clear, bro. So... <laughs> Not to be confused with like cars and clear bra, but it's clear model bro. <laughs> so I, w- I want to talk this. I, we've been yeah. we, we've been talking on sort of an esoteric um, uh, level for a while, and I think both you and I are about getting to the actionable steps um, mm-hmm. once we work with our with, with our clients. Um, I, I already know that that, and, and I'm appreciative that. Uh, you've gifted us um, uh, a five-day challenge um, uh, about um, about happiness, uh, and, and I assume either increasing it, expanding it, um, uh, looking at it from different angles, tapping into it, um, and I also know you have quite a skill set um, uh, when it comes to things like clear and and and, and uh, uh, moving people towards that ha- on that happiness journey. Talk to me about some of your favorite tools um, or some of your favorite concepts because uh, this is the stuff that I love now because mm. I hated the first hour that we talked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope you're being sarcastic there. <laughs> I'm, be- I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> – I loved it. You know it. I, I loved it. Um, yeah. Now I feel insecure because all you did was laugh. I'm like, oh, maybe she hated the first no, half. No, I, I deeply enjoyed our first half as well. Absolutely. Right on. Right on. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like favorite, favorite actionable steps. So one of my very favorite things that I like to start with is writing down your successes every day. Mm-hmm. And as some people might be thinking to themselves right now, like, are you serious? It's that simple, whatever, but then try it and tell me, tell me how it works. But I think that there's this, there's this belief that, and, and our brains do this naturally. We focus on the negative things. So if you have a to-do list and let's say there's five things on that to-do list and you did two, we look at the three and go, I didn't get anything done today. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we kind of look at things at certain points in our lives. And so what one of the first things that I like to do for myself, but also that I like every single one of my clients to start with, like they've signed the contract, we're working together. The first thing that we do is I have them send me a daily success every day. Love it. And it's so it's probably one of my it's one of my favorites because it's so transformative and so simple. But also I love seeing the journey. So one of my programs, I do a 10 week mentoring program. And like I mentioned, on a scale of one to 10, I have everybody kind of rank where they're at. And then throughout the program, we continue to monitor that scale and see where we're really at. And this is collectively not like on a day, like, yeah. oh, today's a rough day, but it's like, okay, overall, aggregate. yeah, overall, how are you feeling? Exactly. And it's so fun because in the first like two weeks, three weeks, 
it's I get the text message of the success, like very last thing before I know they go to bed. And they'll even say like, I had a hard time thinking of successes today. This is what I've got. I'm like, that's awesome. Great job. And then week three, four, five, it's those messages start coming in earlier in the day because they're like, oh, I had a success. I'm going to tell Taylor right now. Mm -hmm. And then in like six weeks, six through 10, I start getting novel texts and novel, not as in like new, but novel as in it is full on pages of scrolling through text messages of this happened today and this happened today and this happened today and I was successful here and I was successful here. And it's really about this mindset shift of when you see that you are successful and you can celebrate those successes, no matter how small every single day, you start to build it in your brain, this positive evidence towards you actually are able to do this. You actually are successful. You are capable versus the evidence that we've had previous, which is, oh, I I only did two things. I didn't finish those other three, right? There's a big difference there. And when you can start to stack up your successes and build that evidence in your brain, you can start to feel capable, qualified, confident, and then you're unstoppable. And so I love, that's one of my favorite things. It's so simple, but it's a habit every day. It's something that you're looking for every day. You're looking for the positive successes that you create for yourself. And then you're sharing them like all the way around. It's so simple, but it truly is one of the most impactful and baseline, like this is, if you're going to do anything, do this, things that I love to teach. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely love that piece on savoring. Um, and I think, I think this is a go, 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 go society right now. Um, <laughs> and, and we don't savor. We, 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 we don't, you know, we don't take that extra microsecond to, to like really enjoy the flavor of happiness. You know, we go to the next piece, we skip to the next, you know, we skip to the next, uh, to, the, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And I absolutely love that because like, it's, it is true. Like, um, or I don't want to say it is true, but research would back it up. Um, uh, the work of Barbara Fredrickson in North Carolina brought up the, the negativity bias, um, that, that we almost come in hardwired to look at the negatives more than the positives. Because the positives didn't kill us a couple years ago, the exactly. negatives used to, but our some of par, some of the parts of our brain are an antiquated, and so we still go into fight, for, uh, flight, or freeze over things that we don't maybe need to go into fight, fight, uh, fight, <laughs> fight, flight, or freeze over. Um, I was thinking flight again and thinking about Delta. Um, <laughs> proud sponsors of the Golden Mike podcast. Fr fly the friendly skies. Go Delta. <laughs> and so, um, um, and then I, I, I also really like the fact that, uh, you know, as a, I'm a total nerd and I love the way that you, you, uh, used language to make this accessible to everybody. But, um, there's, there's a part of a, the brain and you may be aware of it called the RAS, right? The reticular, yeah, reticular activating system. Yes. And, and so I can, I can totally see that when someone is like, it's just bad day after bad day after bad day after bad day. It's not, again, it's circumstance language and then emotion, right? And mm -hmm. you're completely changing that by saying you have to find one piece of evidence today that it wasn't. Just one. One piece of evidence. One piece. And suddenly the Raz is like, Oh, I don't only see yellow cars everywhere. I see all the spectrum of cars out there. Um, you know, and, and I think it's, it's, that's really cool. Really, really cool. The, the, the savoring piece that, that you do. Um, favorite actionable 
steps. That's my call to action to you guys right now. Try that. Give it a shot. Um, what? What else? What else? Uh, what in in your life? What, what are some of the favorite things aside from favorite? Um, uh, wait, that's not favorite actionable steps. I'm sorry. That was a uh, savoring. What did you call it? What did you call it? Uh, I just call it daily success tracking. Oh, daily successes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You're totally fine. You're right, though. Uh, it's in, it's in within the savoring model for sure. Yeah. So, um, so we call so it savoring you. successes from here on out. Savoring successes. I love the alliteration. <laughs> um, so the for you. Yeah. Right now, like, what is it that you feel feel or 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 what is the set of tools you are using the most right now? So I have this formula that I've kind of put together. <laughs> if you can't tell yet by now, I have a I have a somewhat methodical brain where I like to put things in order and make things like clear and all that kind of stuff and and the reasoning why and all of that. But so I have a formula that for happiness and it falls within the space of identity plus vision plus mindset plus leadership equals happiness. The thought there is, is that we need to know who we are as a person. It's one thing to say, oh, everyone says, and this is like a simple example, but everyone says, wake up early and be successful. Well, if, you're, if your biological makeup is that you actually function best at a later date or later time in the day, mm-hmm. knowing that functionality and those templates of yourself, who you are, the identity piece can set you up for success instead of being like, I'm running, keep on running against this brick wall and I guess I'm not good enough because everyone else wakes up early in the morning and it just doesn't work for me. Instead, try it for three months. If it's still not working for you, shift it out a little bit. See when you're most productive. Try that for three months. Test it out. And so I love this concept of of this formula, but the identity piece is first because there's so much we can learn about ourselves. And I mean, it can be as silly as like, hey, I'm a Gryffindor. What are you? But it's an it's a concept <laughs> in this. Oh, see, there you go. That um, happy ass Slytherin man. <laughs> there, no, I, that's the thing. Like, I think there's also whatever it is, whether it's your Myers Briggs, whether it's your four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin, whether it's your love languages. Yeah. We all have this concept of like, oh no, maybe that's wrong, maybe that's bad. But the thing is, is like, play to your strengths. So like, in a percentage yeah. space, if we were breaking down percentages of Harry Potter Hogwarts houses, um, I fall on like. Gryffindor, 20% Slytherin. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's not only this, if we're going to play into this motif here, I loved, I feel like I am courageous. I love to help people. I love to move into those kind of spaces and really, really have leadership. Mm. And there's 20% of me that as like, to get there, I have to be ambitious. I have to be strategic. I have to understand how these things all work so that I can convey them in a way that it makes sense for my Gryffindor side. But like, mm-hmm. and I know that's a kind of a silly thing, like Hogwarts houses is not like real psychology. But the point is, is understanding who you are and your templates in the world and reading those kinds of things and going, yeah, that's not me. Then you know, that's not you. You figured out another part of your identity. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I am a Gryffindor. I accept that now. But it can be. That's not, that's not so much me. But now you know that's not so much you. And you can step into who you are more as your identity. And so I really enjoy always learning about myself and figuring out more. And I lean more into like the Myers-Briggs assessments, the the love languages, the Gretchen Rubin Four Tendencies is my absolute favorite. But it's those types of things that I can go, okay, this is how I function in the world. So when I see it's working for somebody else, that's fantastic. I can try it. I can test it out, but I'm not holding myself to the expectation that if it doesn't work for me that way, that it's wrong. 
or that I'm you, wrong. Exactly. You don't have to em, you don't have to emulate it, you know. Um, and, and that's uh, I think uh, was it Emerson who said the mass the mass of men lead um, uh, lives of quiet desperation. That's where the quiet desperation happens, right? Mm-hmm. Is is when we is is when we start to uh, uh, from what I'm interpreting of, of the model is 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 when we start to deviate from our own identity. And go into the mass of men who are just like in this like purgatory space where it's like, uh, when is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. What is the next win? Um, you know, and then they're like also se- secretly sizing each other up. Oh, he yeah. got a new house. Hey, great for you. Great for you. And no one is happy. Even the person with the new house or the win, right? Um, I love that. Hey, it's Mark. I hope you're digging the Golden Mike podcast. If you have or are just starting your own revolution fueled by joy, there's a site I created for you. If you, like me, believe that personal growth is simply not enough, if you, like me, are committed to changing history for the better in both micro and macro ways, check out joyrevolution.com. In there, you'll find an archive of our over 200 Golden Mike Live Facebook shows and, of course, our podcast that you're currently listening to to check out the blogs highlighting how positive psychology and joy theory apply to your everyday life there's even some cool clips from our joy revolution course geared towards influencers speakers writers and change agents it's all there go to joyrevolution.com that's joyrevolution.com let's get back to the episode pull it back to the the number one thing I'm doing right now. Yeah, so okay. part of the things that I have discovered about myself and my identity is my learning style. And I actually am an auditory learner. But one of the fastest ways to get anything through your reticular activating system is to think it or sorry, to feel it, say it, hear it. Oh my gosh, my brain just went blank on it. I have a little quadrant that I usually go through. Feel, say, <laughs> hear. It's, I, I told you, I, I have like an organized system on everything. Um, so Joe see? Fern, be on the ready for an edit. <laughs> oh, no, you can keep that in. Totally fine. No, no, no. Um, so it's see, say, hear, and feel. And if you can do that with anything that you want to achieve, so whether it's happiness or it's a goal or whatever it may be, if you can see it, so visualize it. If you can say it, so vocalize. If you can hear it, so whether you're hearing yourself say it or you're hearing other people talk about it or you have recorded yourself saying it and you're listening it back and then feeling it. And feeling is the harder one in terms of like how you attach the emotion to it. We've kind of talked about that, like go for the emotion and then the goal will happen. But Mm -hmm. also you can feel it by like adjusting your body language and things like that. So for me at this point in time, and it's still, it's always been one of my favorites because I am an auditory learner, but you can Mm -hmm. use those other things to support your other learning styles for this is I love declarations. Mm -hmm. So I love to create and I, I, very distinctly mean declarations because I feel like mantras or mantras and affirmations, I can get off Pinterest and they're not really detailed for me. Declarations are very personalized. They're me declaring something and I have very consciously selected the words and things that I'm using. So I use declarations all the time. And funny enough, talking about like whether you got in a car accident or you got married or those circumstances in the clear model, I actually was rear-ended last year as I was going through a light in my car 
And I was mildly inconvenienced. There's a template there. So I was like, <laughs> I got, I got irritated. And I was like, the first thing I said was, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like <sighs> I was going through the light. Somebody rear-ended me. This is ridiculous. Like I started to get mad. My language was supporting my anger. So then I went, okay, wait a minute. Who do I want to be right now? And I was like, my declaration. Gotta say my declaration. So before I even got out of the car, I was using the clear model to go, okay, if I'm saying this language is leading to this emotions, I'm going to get out of my car and be pissy. And that's going to trigger this other person. And then the result is, is that we're like in a fight at the side of the road or the police have called and it's two hours of delay, like all these things. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want anger to be my real template. So I'm like, all right, change my language. I'm going to use my declaration. So my custom declaration is, I am an intuitive mentor, vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. I said that to myself all the time, but in this instance of this example, in the car. And I'm like, okay, I can't be angry if I'm vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. So I'm not saying all of a sudden I use the clear model and I'm overjoyed I got in an accident. No, but I could neutralize the negative talk and those negative emotions and come out with an action of being clear-headed and be like, hey, are you okay? Is, is everyone in your car okay? Awesome. Yes, I'm fine. Cars seem all right. Perfect. Uh, I'm okay if you're okay. And she's like, yeah. I mean, there was a couple other things in the middle of there. She seemed really irritated that she rented me, which would normally also set me off. But I was like, no, I'm vibrant, intuitive, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> Saying my declaration in my head. And we were done in five minutes. So I was like, my car's over 20 years old. It's a beater unit. I'm okay. Like, And, and it, the car was totally fine. She was totally fine. I'm fine. Her car's fine. I'm like, it's all good. We can we can just part ways. And she's like, okay, great. And left. I was like, all right, see ya, you know, and off we go. And it was five minutes of an inconvenience instead of two hours because I was able to control and use the clear model to get clear on who I wanted to be in this situation. And to do that, I use declarations. So right now, the thing that supports me the most in my life is declarations. And it's really funny because I'm saying this, speaking to you, looking at my wall and on my wall, I have, and you've dropped the F word, so I think it's okay to say it. Uh, on my wall, I have a great big piece of paper and it says, it's impossible to fall, fail, or fuck up. I'm meant for this. I go at 100% hard. I learn and grow every day because it's impossible to fall, fail, or fuck up. I am meant for this and I go and give 100%. Mm. And like, I'm reading that as I'm talking to you this whole time because it's on the wall in front of me. And so I know that like I can stumble, I could say something wrong, but it's impossible for me to fall, fail, or fuck up on this call because I'm yeah. using a declaration 24-7 pretty much anytime I'm sitting in front of this thing, in front of this wall, in front of the microphone that I know it's going to be okay and I'm going to learn and grow and I'm going to give you 100%. And like, that's just, that's a simple declaration. Joe Fern, your job might be in, 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 in jeopardy right now because it's impossible for her to, to fail or fuck up right now. And like, <laughs> I, I don't, we'll, we'll find a, a new job for you, Joe Fern, because I like you so much. But Joe Fern, uh-oh, if, if every single person listens to this, they're going to be declaring some hard-ass shit, um, and, and, and we're going to be seeing some lives changed. Um, I love I, – I also love declarations as well, and um, uh, it's something that I teach in the Joy Revolution, and it's it's something that um, – that, uh, uh, really anchors me in, in, in terms of, uh, of, of, of my identity. Um, it, it, it anchors me in, in terms of, uh, of my choices. And now all of a sudden, I would like to say 
my clear choices. Um, <laughs> I, I love the I love how there's so many meanings yes, to that. I right? love it. You get clear, but also when you can make decisions with clarity, that's one of the things that I can see being a really nice, um, uh, a really pleasant journey to the ha- to the happiness piece. Not all the time, but like w- w- those moments of clarity are amazing. And declarations, uh, I, I absolutely love the declaration piece. I want to ask you this about the mm-hmm. identity piece. Yeah. Do you consider identity it's in <laughs> I hate to be like you're going to say both, but I'm going to ask it anyways because you're going to say something brilliant after you say both. <laughs> Do you consider the identity piece something to be uh, immutable or is identity always shifting? Identity is always shifting. And okay. in several several directions, right? So your identity of who you are when you're talking to your grandmother is not your identity of who you are when you're talking to your friends, but it's still you. Yes. Right? So your identity can shift based on the situation and context of what's happening around you, or it can shift because of a situation or context of what has happened to you and it has shaped who you are and who you are as a person. So I, I think that it can, you can be you and you can have an identity, And how you behave or how you act in certain situations can still be you and be a part of your identity. But my identity as as Taylor also includes my my identity as if if I went to church as someone who is a churchgoer. Sure. My my identity as Taylor also includes someone as a business owner. My identity as Taylor includes being a mentor, being a leader. My identity also includes being a a dog mom and a spouse and a daughter. And a sister, right? So like there's there's these components that are pieces of your identity, but they all can roll up to you. But within those arenas, things can shift and things can grow. However, when I talk about identity, it's less about the, the situational identity or the contextual identity and more about like what are the templates and what are your core functions? Because those have a tendency to not change. So I guess the answer is both like you wanted. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it is it is this concept of like, okay, if I look at my love languages, that can be part of my identity and those aren't necessarily changing. But now I know about them, I can be more open-minded to other people's languages and adopt some of those. And that doesn't mean that's part of my identity, but my identity is that, oh yeah, I use this specific love language and that helps me know how I function in my templates in the world. Also, I think that your identity is deeply, deeply aligned with your core values. Mm-hmm. And your core values also do not change very often, if at all. Mm-hmm. The things that you truly value. And for instance, for me, one of those is my my value of learning and growing, being in integrity. And for me, that I look at things like identity and I go, okay, I'm an integrity, whether I am going to church or I am a spouse or whatever those components of my identity are. But I also know my templates and my functions and I can learn and grow from those. Absolutely. Now, I, I think some, you bring up another uh, point here, and, and that's one about your core values. How, would, how, how did you go about or how do you help people going about um, determining their core values? Because I know this, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I just had done a core values exercise or, or uh, one, one of my folks did a core values exercise. And the first thing she started out with is be open-minded because some of the things that we state are our core values when we actually start putting pen to paper are not. They're, they're things to maybe impress other people or, 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 or things that you're not thinking about, uh, um, about some of the reasons why you're putting it down. But 
how do you get to those core values and, and understand um, sort of what, what, what makes Proctor tick? Yeah. I like to look back. I actually have a worksheet on this. So if anyone is interested, you can shoot me an email and I can send you the worksheet. But I... It's not a five-day challenge? Actually, it is not. No. Okay. So we'll put your email in too. Yeah. It's taylor at happinessabound.com. Super easy. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that I like to do is I like to ask myself what I truly enjoy and or where do I feel my best? And then in those situations, what's the commonality? So if I look at my value of learning and growing, I'm at my best when I'm actually faced with challenges and I thrive when I can analyze what's happening and pivot and AKA learn and grow. So I could look at situations and be like, okay, where have I been my best? Whenever, when have I been my happiness or most engaged? Cause that's the whole other thing. You can be striving for what somebody else says, but you're not really engaged. No. Yeah. Right. So no, where yeah. have I been? Where have I been most engaged? Where have I felt happiest? Where have I felt the most authentic? And looking at those and really leaning into that. So, and also looking at the things that kind of upset you. So for me, integrity is one of my biggest ones because I have this thing with justice and fairness where if I feel like, like I know life is unfair, fine, whatever. But if I feel like someone is used, like abusing a position of power or authority to mm-hmm. gain over someone else, I feel like that is highly unfair and unjust and that person is out of integrity. And I get really worked up over that kind of stuff because I don't think it's right. And yeah. so I know that one of my core values is that I always want to be in integrity because otherwise I'm going to be that person. I don't want to be that person, but I value integrity so heavily that it is a value in my life. And so mm-hmm. I know that that's, that's a space where I want to be in. So I, simply, those are a couple of questions I ask, but I also look at things like, what brought you joy when you were a kid? What? Oh, yeah. Like what was it that, again, what was it that ignited you, that engaged you, that lit you up? And what are the common denominators across those situations or those components? And you will find one of your core values. Mm, I love it. And, and you know, one of the things is, is that um, I, I, I love that uh, I, I love that uh, we do this. We do the same work. I would say in the field, but also at the same time, a lot of different modalities, right? Oh, yeah. the, the the first question that I ask myself or a client is, um, uh, you know, uh, think about what uh, you know, write down, you know, what you did this week, and then um, just put, uh, you know, write uh, or or check off what energized you and underline what enervated you, what drained you. Um, and quite simply, like sometimes we do all these things that are enervating of our, our energy. And, and it might be just because we're going through a hard time. We have to, we have to do what we have to do. We got to take care of business or we're doing something that doesn't fall within integrity with our core values. And that could be the very beginning, um, of it. And so I love that we have different ways of, um, uh, different modalities, but we're all trying to get to the same thing. Um, there are things that make us tick. There are lines that we draw in the sand because of our core values. And if you cross them, well, uh, it's time to have a, a conversation, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's very different for every person, Taylor, myself, you who are listening with us after, t- you know, after an hour and a half. Um, it's, it's, I think the core values piece is, 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 is huge, Taylor. 
How do you think this is going? 90 minutes in. I think it's pretty awesome. I hope that... <laughs> I'm feeling good. I, 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 I can honestly talk about this kind of stuff all day. So I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. this is great. Yeah. Um, n- now, um, I, uh, I, I also want to ask you about... Uh, I also want to ask you about uh, some other things, if you're cool with it. And, and, and if you're yeah. like, yo, that's not outside of what I do. Um, uh, you know, uh, my, my father passed uh, a month ago. And um, and part of the experience of grieving is the feeling very human, you know, emotions coming in waves. Um, and it's uh, it's it's almost like um, oh, I shouldn't. Society says I shouldn't be happy right now. I shouldn't be happy. I should be sad. I should be depressed. And I, I definitely feel those things. Um, but also at the same time, like. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain pleasure that I take in seeing the fact that my father's not suffering or knowing the fact that my father's not suffering. Um, where do, do things like grief and happiness intersect when it comes to some of your models, uh, or sadness and happiness? I think we talked about that a little earlier, but like, you know, like things that are, I wouldn't say unplanned, you know, that everyone goes to an eventual demise. But to to me, um, I've seen a lot of people just say, "Oh, this is grim and sad." Do you see a place for happiness in all of this? I do, and I think first, uh, definitely, my condolences mm-hmm. for for you and your family. And that's losing a parent is really hard, and so I am very sorry for that. I, but I can see, like, if he was suffering and things like that, that it can be good. And I think that does come back to as tough as this is to say, it can come back to the clear model. Yes, I was hoping you'd bring it to the, either one of those models. <laughs> because the circumstance is, is the things that are happening in the world right now, well meaningful, are neutral until we yes. apply whatever the meaning is. And I do, I deeply feel like there's a place for happiness in the world right now. I think that we feel like the outside circumstances should shape us and so therefore we let it do so. And the problem with that is, is that then we're shaped to feel like we can't be happy right now. When in reality, if we really, truly passionately care about the things that are happening in the world, being our best self, our happiest self is going to help us show up and really make a difference versus kind of admitting defeat and giving up. So I think that there's, there's that component. And I think in specific or specificity of grieving, there's nothing that says you can't be grieving and unhappy and happy at the same time. You can, you can have your happiness habits and happiness in your life and still mourn or grieve for what's now gone. And that's okay. Where it crosses the line is where you're suppressing one or the other, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're suppressing happiness and allow grief to overcome you, that can be really hard to come back from and vice versa. If you're just trying to be happy and think positive all the time and you're suppressing the grief, the grief is going to come eventually, or it's going to continue to build in you and you're going to continue to feel pulled and weighed down by it. And so it's this expression of understanding that you can have duality of emotions as a human and that not all, like, here's the thing, I've used negative and positive because that's an easy, easy label to attach. And I think we all understand that. But the truth of it is, is that no emotion is really negative or positive. It's the language we attach to it that builds onto that. But here's the thing, anger can be a fueling point. We've talked about that. Does that make it negative or positive? Fear can be a fueling point. Is that negative or positive? Understanding why I'm scared in this situation and looking at 
being scared as an indicator can help me make changes in a positive direction. So is scared negative or positive? And grief is the same way. Yeah. We, we feel like we should feel it for forever and we feel like we shouldn't feel it at all. And when we are caught in that, that teeter-totter, that can be really hard for all of us. Whereas if you can go, I can feel grief and I can work through that at my own pace in my own time and, and do what I need to do with that. But I also can feel happiness and do that and work on that and work at that in my own pace in my own time. I think all that's completely acceptable. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, 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 there's a million things that I want to ask you right now about, uh, and, and also thank you for that. Um, uh, there's a million things that I want to ask you about this intuitive piece of you, uh, toxic positivity, but I, I know that we're getting uh, short on time. So there is something that I do that you have earned and that is oh. this bonus round. Um, <laughs> so we find out a little bit more about um, uh, Taylor Proctor and, and sort of the way that you experience happiness, the way that you embody joy in the world. So I'm, I'm going to ask you. Let's do it. it, it awesome. So uh, the, she said she's game. Joe Fern, set the timer. Turn on the buzzer or the or the dingy button, and uh, let's see how how she does on this test here. So uh, again, uh, I want you to complete this however you want to complete this. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, oh, so here's the first prompt: Joy tastes like oranges. Chilfern. Yes, yes. <laughs> Congratulations, one for one. Joy does taste like oranges. <laughs> Um, okay, so the, the second one is joy sounds like. This is going to be a silly one, but I have I have these wind chimes and they're set. Each one, this is a little of that like woo-woo intuitive piece, but like each one actually represents the four elements of the earth mm-hmm. um, or four elements, I guess. And so to me, joy sounds like those. Like it's just, they're tinkly, they're happy, they're very robust sounding, they're they hit you in your soul. Like it's really interesting. So I, I'm sure you're probably looking for more esoteric philosophical, you know, answers here, but I'm like, yeah, oranges and chimes. <laughs> I'm not. So let's see what Joe Fern says. Joe Fern is looking at the first telegraph where you said it sounds silly. And now he's <laughs> judging it on, um, say I'm looking for something more esoteric. Oh, you're going to hit the, Oh, he, you got it. You got it. He gave me the point. Two for two, for two Proctor. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, joy looks like. Sunsets. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Automatic. Um, joy smells like. Vanilla frosting. <laughs> Jofern, I don't care what you say. I approve of that. I'm all about the vanilla frosting. Joy smells like vanilla frosting. Congratulations. Four for four. If you make the fifth one, you get to get into the bonus bonus round. Um, joy feels like. Peace and happiness. Yeah, we're just shrugging our shoulders. Congratulations. You have made it for <laughs> next and final round. Thank um, you. Uh, for what it's worth, I feel like it was impossible to fall, fail, or fuck up there. <laughs> 
for what it's worth, when you come in with a mindset like that, <laughs> you're, you'll go five for five. Um, <laughs> don't question the validity and rigidity that we use in our measurement system of this game. But this is very competitive here. I love it. I love it. Bonus, bonus um, round. Let's go. Yeah, bonus, bonus round. So... So uh, uh, I've had the honor of downloading this uh, really cool um, program called the Joy Revolution. Now, the Joy Revolution can be one of two things. It can be the up upheaval of joy in your internal self, or it can be you, Taylor, using joy to change the world around you. And so, Taylor, when I ask you, what is your joy revolution or revolutions? What are they currently? I definitely went through a joy revolution in my own life, right? And we didn't really didn't, we kind of got up to the cusp of when I was like, I'm trying to figure out what it takes to be happy, but we didn't go through the rest of it. And that really was a revolution for myself. And I continue to revolutionize knowing who I am and figuring out what those next pieces are, the the layers to uncover, uh, how I can learn and grow and continue into those spaces and, and living my values and moving forward with a vision for my life and the mindset that I want and leading my life in the way that I want to lead it. And so there's a revolution that's happening every day for me personally. But I also feel like the revolutions in my life have been every day choosing happiness. And there's a revolution in helping others, very similar to how you just said, how we can help others have that same revolution. So the, the short answer is there's a revolution going on every day as I continue to learn and to grow. And so it's hard for me to pinpoint precisely, but my happiness revolution is ongoing. And uh, I I'm going to liken it to like the founding fathers. Like we had our revolution, but then we had to establish systems of government. We had to establish all these components and things to build what we needed. And so within that, like I've had my revolution for my happiness and overcoming anger, but I have to continue to build to be what I need. And then that, as I continue to build, I can help other build others build their revolution as well. Mm, um, there's nothing you can say about that except thank you, thank you for 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 revolutionizing upon revolutionizing and revolutionizing, <laughs> and also a, a a smidgen of a Hamilton reference in there. <laughs> it sounded like um, uh, I wasn't I wasn't gonna miss my shot there. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Taylor, I, I, for those of you who didn't know, we were talking for the first time um, today, and it has been an absolute honor and a, and a privilege. I can only hope that we continue to take make the choice to stay uh, in touch with each other and, and oh yes, please, and, and see where 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 we can. Uh, go and and continue to support each other. Um, and uh, on on behalf of Taylor and myself, um, I just wanted to say, uh, for your sake, for our sake, for fuck's sake, start your revolution in joy, in love, in light, in shadows, and in joy. It's Mark and Taylor. We'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed the Golden Mike podcast. There's more good stuff coming your way. But until the next episode, let's stay in touch, yes? Find us on Instagram as The Joy Rev. The Joy Rev. 
or communicate with like-minded revolutionaries in our Facebook group. Search The Joy Revolution Underground. And of course, don't forget to check out the classes, articles, blogs, and some serious fun at joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Now until then, what will you do to change history for the better? Let's go out and play, shall we? Press start to begin. Thank <laughs> you.